Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. You see them everywhere. It's usually a small house on the side of the road with a sign reading, Madam So-and-so. Or maybe you're at a garage sale and see a Ouija board or some tarot cards on a table. Our tendency is to chuckle and roll our eyes. But the occult is no laughing matter. In fact, if you believe scripture, there are indeed people who are empowered by evil with dark powers. Today, Pastor Franklin will share the story of one of God's chosen who turned to witchcraft in his time of peril. As you'll soon learn, it's a sobering story. But take heart, God has overcome the darkness. In 1 Samuel chapter 28, in verse 3, Samuel dies and the Bible said Saul had put out the mediums and the spiritualists out of the land. He put out the witches, the spiritualists, the mediums, the fortune tellers. He put them out of the land. But in verse 5, watch. Saul saw the army of the Philistines and he was afraid and his heart his heart trembled greatly. Notice, notice the driving theme of Saul's life changes here. Fear. Fear. His heart trembled. He inquired of the Lord, verse 6, and the Lord did not answer either by dreams, by Urim, I'll explain that in a moment, or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium in indoor. She's a, the King James says a witch. Saul disguised himself, put on clothes. He took two men with him. They came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me one that I shall name to you. This is interesting. I'm going to keep reading it because I want to. And the, word of the, and the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done. She didn't really know who he was yet. He disguised himself. How he has cut off mediums and spiritualists from the land. When and why do, do you lay a snare for me to cause me to die? She's saying, this is a sting operation. I'm expecting the FBI to bust through the walls and arrest me because what I'm doing is illegal. And he swore to her by the Lord. He took the name of the Lord in vain right here. And he swore to her by the Lord. As the Lord lives, no punishment will come upon you. And then the woman said, whom shall I bring up from the dead for you? Bring up for me Samuel from the dead. The woman saw Samuel and she cried out with a loud voice. She saw something she wasn't ready for. She saw something. She, she had done this many times and she knew what it was to deal with, with spirits and deal in the dark world with spirit guides and channelers and, 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 and forces that would appear in that cave. She understood. She had seen them come in hoods and, 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 and demonic powers to lead and guide and tell. There are people who who have super, who have been empowered supernaturally by demonic spirits. It's not a game. He said to her, what is his form? And she said, it's an old man coming up and he's covered in a mantle. Can I preach right there? The mantle was the prayer shawl. It was Samuel. God is hijacking a seance. 
You think the devil's in control because they got their blood of chickens and doing voodoo and this God says nothing can keep me out. If I want to come, I can come. I can hijack a seance. I'm preaching my whole sermon. I got to calm down. What is his form? It's an old man coming and instantly she saw perceived it was Samuel. He stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down to Samuel said, why have you disturbed me from bringing me up? Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed. Here it is again, fear. The Philistines war against me. Listen to these words. God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore by prophets or by dreams. Go with me to the valley of Jezreel. There is a mountain called Mount Gilboa. The Philistines have cornered King Saul, his boys, his sons, including Jonathan, are with him, his own flesh and blood, heir to the throne. The army of Israel is backed in a corner. They are completely surrounded in a valley by the Philistines, and there's no escape. And here this tall, handsome young man named Saul, who was the first king of Israel. I can see him as he stands in the moonlight and he looks out and from a distance in, he, he, is, he is wrapped in that garment of gloom. He is riveted with fear as he sees the campfires from a distance and the torches of the Philistines and he hears the laughter and the Mocking, mocking, knowing that there's no escape. And in the morning, that more powerful and strong army is about to meet him and his army. And he, he's tormented with the fact that God has departed from me and he hears me no more. And in a moment of desperation, the fear of death, the dread of life after death in the condition that he is in. He says, is there not a, a medium that can give me direction? I'm so desperate. God won't answer me. And I need to know God's plan for my life. And in that moment, they said, there is a witch at Endor. It's a cave. And he, at that moment, decided to connect with the prince of darkness. He, at that moment, by entering in where that medium was, and he, this is so important because he knew the spirit of God, because he knew the anointing of God. He had had holy oil poured on him by the greatest prophet, arguably, of the Old Testament, Samuel. He had been so affected by that oil that it turned him into another man and he had a heart, the scripture said, that had been touched by God. He prophesied and the people even said, is Saul now among the prophets? He was such a worshiper that he began to dance and sing with them. Now this man who had felt the presence, experienced the anointing, knew the joy of the Lord, knew the presence of God, has now turned and connected with the prince of darkness, turned a cave into a sanctuary of satanic worship. And there he turns and he says, God won't speak to me in dreams. 
because of my disobedience, because of my rebellion, because of my constantly not listening to God time after time after time. Point number one of this little sermon is this. If you do not listen to God, if you repeatedly disobey and do not listen to God, he may stop speaking to you. That story teaches you simply that if you don't listen to God, he may stop speaking to you. Notice point number two is this. When you can't reach God, God can still reach you. And the theologians, this is, this is a hard one to understand. This is a hard story to understand. God clearly forbids people to participate in, in, in talking to the dead, in consulting the dead, in uh, palm reading, in fortune telling, in astrology, and, and, and fortune telling, in reading of, 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 of palms, and, and, and channeling, and crystals, and talking to rocks, and praying to statues, whether it be Buddha statues or whatever, and burning incense. This is spiritual idolatry, and it is extremely dangerous for especially someone who knows the living God. Someone who has experienced the presence of God. Someone who knows the word of God. You are not in the same category. This scripture teaches you, you do not go and touch certain things. You are in great danger to mental breakdown, spiritual breakdown, emotional torment, fear and terrifying uh, emotions can tormenting spirits can begin to take over your life. I don't know how any way to sugarcoat this one. I got to tell the truth like I feel it today. When I look at this story and I see it, we think that witchcraft is something that that, that, that only extreme and it's radical and it's out there, but you know, we, it really doesn't affect our life. And yet when Paul wrote to the church at uh, in Galatians, he said, he said, uh, who has bewitched you to believe another gospel? You've turned away from the cross and you've turned away from the truth and you've turned away from the holy living and you're believing another gospel. And I want to know, you need to understand the word bewitched means the evil eye. You're under the influence of the evil eye. He warned that witchcraft was a work of the flesh. He names it right beside sins. He says, and now the works of the flesh are adultery and fornication and lying and drunkenness. And right in the middle of it, he puts witchcraft. What is, what is witchcraft? Rebellion is as of, the scripture says this in Samuel, rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion against what? Against spiritual authority. There's righteous authority. Listen to me carefully. There's righteous authority and there's unrighteous authority. Righteous authority is enforced by the Holy Spirit. 
Unrighteous authority is enforced by demonic powers. And both are real and both have power and influence. And, and what you give yourself to, you either are going to stay under the righteous authority of God's word or you do like Saul and you step over into the dark side. Then you come under the authority that is unrighteous authority. That is evil. We see in this story that if you will not listen to God, he may stop speaking to you. I want to say this. We see in this story, number two, that if you can't reach God, God can still reach you because he hijacked a seance and came through it. God can use demons. He's in control. Devils are not in control. He can, he can, he can hijack any circumstance. He can, while you smoking crack or shooting up or, or, or whatever you're doing, God can hijack that and cause you to have a dream or see something and show you who he is and what you need. He can hijack anything he wants to. If he can use a seance and a demon, he can certainly use any kind of situation you're in to get a message to you. He's using a preacher right now. Like, you know, pastor, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of exploring Christianity just doesn't quite do it for me anymore. And I'm, I'm exploring new age and, and a little Buddha helps me meditate and burn incense and crystals are bringing peace to me. And yeah, they're bringing something to you. All right. And I, I really need, you know, it's nothing wrong. I'm just playing. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus is all right with me, but let me just check a little bit of this and a little bit of the Far East stuff, and let me try this religion and that religion. You do it to your own detriment. He was desperate for the plan of God, but not for God. God is not bound, He can reach you, but you must open the door. Now, let me show you where this story ends, and I get said all of that to get to this good part. He falls to the ground. He's just heard his death sentence. It's in the middle of a cave of a witch. He's in the dirt and he can't get up. And she speaks. And she, in verse 23, the woman urged him to eat. And he rose from the ground. Verse 24, he had not eaten. And now the woman had a fatted calf in the house. She hastened to kill it. She took flour, kneaded it, baked it, bread, unleavened. So she brought it, verse 25, so she brought it before Saul to his servants. Listen, and they ate, they ate, they ate. And then they arose, watch these words, and went away into the night. The story 
I feel like the Lord showed me this. I don't know how this came up except the Lord. And here it is. The story ends, interestingly, with a meal. The witch persuades Saul before he leaves the cave to eat a meal. We, we could call this Saul's last supper. It's his final meal. And it's interesting that the Bible said after he ate it, he went into the night. He went into the darkness never to return. He would the next day commit suicide by cutting himself to death, by stabbing himself with a sword, by, by, by bleeding out. Then my mind, I believe, was inspired to go to the Lord's Supper, the last supper that Jesus would have with his disciples. And Satan was there too at that table because the Bible said when Judas ate that last meal after he had ate it, the text said, and Satan entered him from that moment forward. And he goes out of the last supper of Jesus into the night, the scripture said, in the night, into the darkness to never return. He would sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and ultimately become so despondent that he would tie a rope around his neck. He was in such darkness like Saul in that cave, so afraid, so terrified, so mentally tormented by the powers that he had trafficked with and their messages that just like Saul, he took his own life and hung himself. And then the Lord really showed me something that blessed me. And he said, you want to know what the hope of the world is? They don't have to enter into that dark night. They don't have to take their life or cut themselves or bleed themselves or hang themselves or hate themselves because I entered into the darkness for them. When did he do that, Pastor? Look at the story of the crucifixion. And it was the sixth hour. That's 12 noon. Jesus the Savior, the one who had never committed a sin. He entered into the darkness. He went through a midday, midnight for you for three hours from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to three o'clock in the afternoon. The earth went black. It went pitch dark. You, it was like nighttime. It was evening time. It was darkness in the middle of the day. It was a midday, midnight, and Jesus entered into that darkness. What happened to Saul when he went into the darkness? He was separated from God forever. What happened to Judas? He was separated from Jesus forever. What, what else happened? The sins overcame them. They had to pay the price, the penalty for their sins. Jesus entered into the darkness for you. And what happened? He was separated from the Father 
so that you don't have to be. And he cried, why have you forsaken me? I can't. I, the cross hurts, but it breaks me even more that I feel separated from you. And Jesus says, I entered in to the darkness and I was separated from God for you so you don't have to be. And I carried your shame and I carried your guilt and I carried your sin and I nailed it to the cross and I entered into a midday midnight for you. He suffered the judgment from God and bore my sins. Jesus went into the night so I could go into the light. He was separated from the Father so I could be one called by his name. So I'm at the end, but if you have reached out to the occult or any other religious thing other than Jesus Christ and the word of God for guidance, I just break the curse. You came to the wrong service. If you're a witch, I'm glad you're here. I'll put what I got up against anything you got. I know there's power in the name of Jesus. I know there's no demon that can stand in the presence of the one who rose from the dead. If he could conquer the grave, he can conquer anything. I break the curse of horoscopes. I wrote it down and I can preach it like I want to. I want to get it right. I break the curse of any horoscope, Ouija boards, tarot cards, crystals, witchcraft, Eastern religions, palm readers. I break it off of every person under the sound of my voice and the ramifications of that action. I put it under the blood of the cross and we march out of that cave in of witchcraft into the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, somebody shout. Like song. I heard the Lord say to me, if you will say this under my authority and in my anointing, I will back this up this day. And I wrote these words down yesterday. I rebuke Satan's attempt to destroy the home and the children and the children's children. The power of Satan is broken. Somebody needs to take authority. Somebody needs to quit playing with the name and the blood and the cross and understand the authority we have. Let the home be filled with the glory of God again. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Kingdom Connection is a soul-winning ministry that is reaching the world through broadcasting, expanding into new church campuses, and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. 
To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.